Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. How you doing? This is Joe from Cleveland. Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast, where every mile is truly magical, especially the last one. John, you stole your line, buddy. I know. Open. Yeah, he opens up with how you doing. I, 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 you know what that is, John? That's He didn't steal it. That's an homage to you. What do you think? That's great. Thanks, Joe. Hey, thanks for doing that, Joe. We appreciate it, man. Hey, let me remind you, and I'll mention it again in just a minute. We love it if you'd send an intro in for us, and I'll tell you how to do that in just a couple of seconds. But before I do that, welcome to the Rise and Rod Podcast. I'm Bob. I'm here tonight with Jack. Hi. With Lexi. Hello. With Allie. Hi, friends. With Greg. Hey, hey, hey. With Alicia. Hello. And with John. Hey, how you doing? Hey, no, I mean, I heard that before earlier. <laughs> that was John. We heard Joe earlier. That was John. How you doing? That's great. Uh, I'm, I'm broadcasting this evening from the Rise and Run podcast, Northern edition of the Southern broadcast booth. Uh, I am... We are in Alabama. I'm in Alabama because there's a hurricane hitting the west coast of Florida. Maybe you read about it. Maybe you saw it on the maybe you saw it on the TV. Maybe you're listening in Florida. If you are, I, I really genuinely hope by now, by the time you hear this, the worst of it should be gone uh, by Thursday morning. Maybe not. It's moving kind of slowly. But I hope you are well. We have we we had planned to come here anyway. I lived here for many years, my wife and I did, and we had plans to come up here, but we accelerated them by one day. Uh, Twenty four hours ago, if you were to look at the forecast track of Hurricane Ian, the center of the cone of uncertainty, you know that line they draw down the center, it passed over the roof of my house. So I was I was not excited about staying, and I was a bit concerned about what would happen uh, if it continued on that track, which it did not. It moved a little bit east, a little bit south. I know for folks who live a little bit east and a little bit south of me, that's not good news. I hope everyone stays well, but it we'll see how it goes. It's still a big storm. We hope it all works out for the best. All right, but enough of that. Let's talk about tonight's show. We've got some guests tonight we know you're going to love. First of all, you already heard from Joe with his intro. Hey, if you want to give us an intro, we'd love to hear it. I put a little short video on Facebook, and I'll put it on Instagram too, just explaining real quickly how to hit the Join the Conversation link and how to make the recording. Just... Have fun with it. Please send us uh, send us your best intro to the episode. We look forward to playing them. We got two great guests today, a, a couple of great guests this episode. First, we have Molly 
and Kathleen. Those names may not mean a whole lot to you. Molly and Kathleen, you would recognize if I said to you, hey, we've got the balloon ladies on tonight. Great interview. Hang in for that. We know you're going to love it. And on the Race Report Spotlight, we head back to Alaska for the second time to talk to our friend, our longtime friend, Britt. Uh, good story. She's got no bears in this one, though. All right, gang. We are now less than five weeks to wine and dine and less Ooh. than a hundred. Yeah. Less than five weeks uh, from the time. I think actually from the time this episode releases, we are five weeks exactly from expo day. Um, and we're less than a hundred days to marathon weekend. hundred days was a day or two ago. I believe, you know, I think back, think, think back to your first Disney race. And for me, it was wine and dine. And I remember five weeks out, man, I was so excited. I could hardly sit still. I was trying to uh, think about what was coming up and some of the things that would motivate me. Like I go, okay, there's a full moon tonight. So the next time the moon is full, I'll only have a week to wait. Golly, I was just so excited about it. Or the World Series. I think the first couple of times I came down here, the World Series ended just before uh, the wine and dine event. Gosh. If, if, if you are new to Disney runs, if this is your first run down at Disney, if this is your first half marathon, if you're new to whatever distance you're doing, I know you got to be getting really excited. I hope you're following your training plan. I hope the training's going well. Speaking of training, let's take a look at what we've got this week. We already started talking about wine and dine. If you're training for wine and dine, right now you've got four with a magic mile. Now, that is a total of four miles, one of which is the magic, magic mile. Best way to do that one is a very slow warm-up mile, then run your magic mile, then run the last two. Uh, if you're getting ready for marathon weekend, if you're doing one of the challenges, you've got a five-and-a-half-mile walk and a 15-mile run. These long weekend runs are getting longer and they're going to get longer yet. That's the important one, man. That is really the important one is the long weekend run. It really doesn't matter how long it takes you. You just got to complete those. Uh, gang, how's your training going? What a difference the weather makes. Amen. I can't even say how big of a difference it made in my last training run. I ran joyfully for five miles and I was two minutes per mile faster. Two minutes per mile. With no struggle. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, it's 60 degrees here now and it was in the like eighties and nineties. So, you know, what Jeff Galloway says is like for every five degrees is what is it for every five degrees? Somebody finished the sentence for me. 30 seconds per mile slower. Right. Yeah. Above 60. Yeah. So it's it just it really like evened out to almost exactly two minutes per mile. So I ran. I, I'm actually kind of sore because I was running trails and it's just bounding like a deer down. <laughs> just so happy that I wasn't <laughs> sweating so hard. Yeah, that's great. The uh, the lower dew points, lower temps. Really, one of our race report finishers made the comment that the training in the hot weather in the summer leads to PRs in the fall. Yeah, it's still 
kind of warm in central Florida. I ran 15 miles Saturday. It was still pretty sticky. Still, uh, still warm. I went very slowly and I followed the Galloway rule that doesn't matter how slow you do your long run. So long as you complete it. How about anybody else? I had 17 on the docket, uh, this past weekend and similar to Allie's experience, I walked out the door at about 515 in the morning and I was like, Oh dang. It's cold. And I <laughs> rolled the dice. I, I invested in a pair of running tights because the thing about the weather is that as you change seasons, there's no more easing into a season. It's one day it's 80 degrees <laughs> and then the next day it's 55. So right. obviously my body's not acclimated to that yet. So I was like, because you know, it was really cold to start, I threw the tights on and I'm very, very glad that I did. But yeah, it just having the cooler temperatures, it just low dew point. It was so pleasant. I mean, sure. After 17 miles, I, you know, had aches and pains in my legs, but I mean, I didn't feel gassed. I mean, heck, I mean, later that afternoon I was doing gardening work and trimming, you know, shrubs out in our yard you know, later that afternoon and, you know, it didn't feel terrible by the end of the day. So, I mean, it really goes to show, you know, what this method can do for your body from, you know, a day-to-day perspective, especially for those of us that are training for, you know, these challenges, you know, day after day after day. Although I will say, and, and my, my wife did laugh at me, there's something about doing 17 miles that, is like synonymous with me doing work around my house. <laughs> Training for Goofy last year, after my 17-mile run, I built a fire pit. Like I literally like dug out the dirt, then went over to Lowe's and bought the blocks and laid down the gravel and everything like that. And then this 17-miler, I'm out trimming shrubs. So I don't know what it is about the honeydew list as it relates to the 17 miles, but so I can't wait to see what next year's brings. But uh, yeah, overall, great training run this weekend. Greg's advice, after 17 miles, recover by doing yard work or building something. But you know what? You said a mouthful there. Think about it. Think about the fact that it probably wasn't that long ago. Just the idea of moving 17 miles was foreign. Now you're in good enough condition that you can do it and not be dead when you get back, that you can do other things. I think that's the... I think that's terrific. I hope uh, some of our listeners are experiencing the, the same thing. Well done, sir. Listen, if you're looking for projects after a long run, ah, it's kind of a tough commute. Never mind. I was going to have you come down and help me out, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious how, I mean, Alicia told, told us how our training run was going, not on the air, but I'm curious how, how it's going with John and everything. How's your knee? My, my knee's there. Uh, <laughs> if I could say that. Oh, that's good. It, it bothers me sometimes. Like, you know, like, uh, did was last two weeks ago, we did the 13 was fine and dandy did, you know, some stuff. Then, you know, you get out of bed the wrong way and it's like, wow, you know, it's, it's there. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be there for the, the long haul, but it's manageable. So that's good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. That is good. All right, friends. Yeah. Keep the training up. It's important. It's really, it's really going to matter. And when you get to Disney World and you're halfway through that half marathon and you know you've got it made, 
you're going to be mighty glad you did all that hard training. And it is tough. And if you're thinking right now, like, my training is so slow going into these long miles. I don't know how I'm going to beat the balloon ladies. You will. You will get faster. The more miles you do, the more you'll realize how you can finish it. And you will be at the pace that you need to be at by the end of the training cycle. Yeah. Plus pixie dust. You got to remember pixie dust. It's It's important. It's in the air down at Disney World. And that's good for 20, 30 seconds a mile. So, uh, so that counts. Ah, the training, it's important. Hey, I I had a neat opportunity here this weekend. I chatted with our friends from Disney with the Ducks podcast. I'm on episode, what I call 32 and a half. They have special episodes. They don't number them. It's between 32 and 33. Give a listen. If you were there, they're a nice group of folks. I think you'll enjoy hearing them. Um, looking at some admin stuff. I want to remind everyone, and this is on our Facebook page, we have a meetup scheduled wine and dine weekend on Saturday at 2.30 at Dockside Margaritas. We would love to see you there. We will get together at the wine and dine after party. We just need to work out where and when, but we'll do that too. And that can be a lot of fun. I know uh, one year... Gosh, 16, 17, I forget what year it was. We had a small group of us got together and kind of just hung hung around together for most of the evening. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and also remember, we're also going to be meeting up in, before the races by the bleachers in the morning of uh, the race days. Yeah, yeah. Um, we describe how we typically do it, but then once we do that, Disney changes things on us. But usually... In past years, there's been a stage set up. There's been bleachers set up in front of the stage. And if you're looking at the stage, we stay to the left side of the bleachers there. So if it's as it's been in past years, that's where we'll be. Well, Bob, if we figure out what we're doing for the wine and dine after party, my more important question is who's riding Galactic Rewind with me? Oh, I'm in. Uh, That's a great ride. Yeah. (laughs) I had a chance to do it once. I had a chance to do it once. It's a lot of fun. Great ride. A couple of reminders. Head to our website. The Our friend Pam at Fluffy Fizzies, who is, by the way, she's closed for the next couple of days on account of the hurricane, but hopefully she'll her, her, her Orlando operation there will come through well, and she'll be back up pretty soon. She is, however, still taking pre-orders. If you're ordering something for delivery, it may take an extra day or two. But that link's on the website. You can find it there. And hey, if you're still on the fence or you're still looking for a costume for Wine and Dine or any of the other races, uh, go to the website and take a look at the Kauaian Pizza Apparel. Got some nice stuff there. If you're going to get it for Wine and Dine, though, you need to be doing that pretty quickly. Hey, reminder, we've got a contest going on on Instagram. And Alicia is going to tell us about that. Yeah, so we have um, an Instagram contest for a um, Tumblr, and it will be running through till September 30th. Um, So make sure you go over there. Um, We're asking you to follow us, like and save the post, um, and then share with a friend who might also like the podcast. Um, And if you'd like an extra entry, you can tell us what your favorite episode is. That's cool. Now, no pressure, but September 30th is Friday. 
the uh, podcast release Thursday. So listen fast. Okay. So you can get to this part and then get to the Instagram page and enter the contest. I saw we had quite a few entries. That's pretty cool. Okay. One of, and we're getting ready. We're getting close to wine and dine. We talked about new folks being down there. One of the things I see on Facebook all the time is people saying, I'm starting to get nervous. I'm starting to get nervous. I understand. I see people say I'm starting to get scared. Don't get scared. There's nothing to be scared no, of. You're at Disney but, World. Yeah. And you're amongst friends. But people start to get nervous and they start to talk about the balloon ladies. Oh my God, I got to stay ahead of the balloon ladies. What am I going to do if the balloon ladies get to me? The most misunderstood group of runners in the Disney universe, I think, are the balloon ladies. They're a tremendous group. They are so helpful. And we are delighted that they decided to spend some time with us. My friends, we've had a lot of guests on the Rise and Run podcast, but we have some really special guests with us tonight. We are so excited. Kathleen and Molly are with us. Now, they, those names may not mean a whole lot to you, taken out of context. But if I said, we got two of the balloon ladies with us tonight, you're going to know exactly what we mean. Kathleen and Molly, thank you so much for joining us. We're delighted to have you here. Happy to be here. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Oh, that's great. We've been talking about this for a while. And... We think it's going to be fun. Um, hey, let's start here, if we could, please. This is something I'm curious about, is how did this whole thing get started? How did this balloon lady thing begin? So it really began with um, Track Shack, who's our local running company. They're the ones who do the timing and everything and now do the volunteers and everything else out of Disney. Um, they just needed somebody to help out. So they knew when to cut the race, when the race was over. And actually it was kind of just rising to my, my, uh, feed yesterday that it will be 15 years in February that we started. Wow. How about that? We started with princess 15 years ago. And, and here's a fun fact. We used to provide our own balloons because I have picture from my my first princess race, and I think that was an '08. And uh, I have a mylar balloon that I bought from the dollar store that had the, the Mickey characters on it. And I thought, hey, we should have something on us so people can recognize us. So I, one of the original pictures I have in front of the castle is with a a mylar balloon of, of Muppy, not the big fancy uh, Mickey ear balloon that you see today. So you originated the term balloon lady. We kind of got deemed it by accident, actually. Oh, that's so cool. If you hadn't brought the balloon, Kathleen, you would just have been the ladies. And that's, that's <laughs> not anywhere, not near as cool, is it? Right. The first couple of, of races that we did, we didn't have balloons and we barely knew who the Run Disney people were. So we tried to wear brighter clothes or different clothes and that didn't really matter. So that's, I think, when we started, I think Sue and Kathleen and was it Trudy? Maybe? Nancy and Trudy. Yeah. Trudy, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Trudy was in there originally, too. So then we started bringing balloons. Very wow. cool. When did Disney provide the balloons they're like man this is so cool and like they just kind of do they offer it to you now or now now they do originally 
I would say one of our podcasts way back in the day kind of got a little heated because people found out that we spent a dollar on our own balloons (laughs) and they couldn't believe that Disney would let us spend a dollar on our own balloons. So they started providing them. Yeah. So when we get to the SAG tent in the beginning, um, the, the balloons are waiting for us and we just then get them all orchestrated and attached to ourselves. So if I can kind of summarize, uh, back in 2007, Track Shack says, hey, we're putting on the race and we think it would be really neat if we had somebody who could define what the cutoff time was. And they approached y'all and you said, great. Now, at that time, how were you ready to run, not run or walk? I, and I, I'm pretty sure you'd walk most of it. 16 minute miles had you prepared for that or it was just kind of like no i think we can do it let's give it a try i think we were just training with the marathon groups because we just have been training for so many years so we were ready to go whenever anybody needed us for anything yeah and i think i was fresh off i had done the chicago marathon i think before my first one so i already had the miles on my feet i think that was my second marathon by that point in time so like I'd done the distance before. So it wasn't like I'd be going it for, at least for me personally. And Molly had done some other races before that, lots of races before that too. So we were sort of walking into it, knowing that we had done the distance before. So we, we could do it again, that sort of thing. We just had to adjust our pace. Yeah, there you go. I understand that. That that makes perfect sense to me. And I think adjusting the pace probably took a little while to get yourself to a solid 16 because you do the best you can to hit that 16 minute per mile every mile, correct? Yeah. And, and one of the things I just want to let people know is that every 16 minutes, we're, our watches are in, in lockstep with the Disney folks, the folks that are on the bike. So every 16 minutes, we hit one of the mile markers. And if we're there five seconds early, or, um, you know, we wait the five seconds and then we re get going again on the 16 minute pace. I got you. So you recalibrate so that you're at every mile marker at some multiple of 16 minutes. Correct. And you will start not only from the back, you'll be dead last starters. In fact, you kind of pause a little bit before you start, don't you? Yeah, we do. Once we cross the start line, we start, we gather up with the Disney bikers and then we all start our watches together. I got you. I got you, Sue. The entire field is in front of you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then the Disney bikers ride out there and they tell the, uh, the back of the pack runners things like you're only three minutes ahead of the balloon ladies. You're only four minutes ahead of the balloon ladies. I wish they wouldn't do that because well, they also clear the bathrooms and they also clear the character line so that we don't have to. We uh-huh. used to be the ones saying, hello, the balloon ladies are passing. Get out of the bathroom. Hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> and Disney started putting the bikers in charge of that for us, which is very, very helpful. I, I think I get that. I do get that. And I think that is important. But I would rather they give the message that you're three minutes behind the uh, or three minutes ahead of the 16 minute pace, because it makes it sound like you're the sweepers. And in fact, you're not. No, 
No, we are not the sweepers. We are the visual representation. This is what we tell everybody. We are the visual representation of what the 16 minute pace end of the line is. So um, we keep as even of a pace as we possibly can, knowing that we're going through all the same tight um, squeezes that the rest of the, the folks are going through. When it gets crowded after Magic Kingdom, we're in that crowd with everybody else. Yeah. Um, so we do our best to keep that pace as much as possible, but, you know, we're not the one who says, you know, the bus, you know, come on, bring the bus on. That's, that's no. all the Disney folks that control. All that. There you go. There you I've go. I've heard some people even say that the balloon ladies will chase you down and tag you. <laughs> and that's how you get put on the bus. And that's absolutely ridiculous, right? You guys don't yeah, do anything like that. That would be way too much effort. You guys are out there too. <laughs> And honestly, like what we end up doing a lot of times is like we see some folks that are, are kind of struggling and um, and we, we say, OK, you know, and because a lot of people's names obviously are on their bibs. We say, you know, hey, Susie, come on. You got this. You got this. You don't want to get picked up. You know, so we, we, we try to try, we try to bring them along as much as possible. But yeah. some people in their heart of hearts just know they're not going to make it. And yeah. These races, and I'll say this to all blue in the face, these are mental. Once you get, you know, into a half marathon, I heard you guys interviewing uh, a couple of weeks ago on a half marathon, folks, and a full mm-hmm. marathon especially, a lot of that is mental. Um, you know, it's it's a physical, obviously, it's a huge physical thing to complete a half marathon or a marathon, but it's it's mental. And if you are not mentally in the, in the game, you're not going to finish. You know, so we do our best to encourage folks and, and pick people out of the crowd and say okay you know we're gonna keep going we're gonna do this we're gonna do this but it's there's only so much we can do i've seen it you guys are really good cheerleaders and i've seen you kind of pick up the spirits of some of the people around you that you can see have almost given up and then they hear you saying you've got this just you know keep Bend, bend at the elbows. I remember hearing Molly say that right, once when I was right, in right. the back. Bend at the elbows and you got you can just keep putting one foot in front of the other. You got this. And you can see their spirits just go, I, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep doing this. So it's, it's a really awesome, um, you know, you provide a service of being the 60-minute pace miles, but you also are the best cheerleaders in the whole dang race. You really are. We, we try our best and we try to banner off of each other a lot, you know, just to kind of keep conversation going and, and people somewhat interested. I'm sure some people want to tell us to shut up. <laughs> but we, <try> to <laughs> but we, we, you know, Molly and I, we pick on each other in fun, of course, and, and just try to keep things lively and, and light, you know, because it doesn't get hard out there. It certainly can. I, I think you provide a wonderful service to run Disney runners. And I, I think it needs to be understood and recognized and hopefully that some of our listeners who may get a chance to meet you, <laughs> maybe, but I want them to understand and recognize what it is you do and that you're doing it for them, really, because, well, what else is there? So 16 minutes a mile, so you pretty much walk the entire time? Yes. Unless we are behind. If we get behind or we get in a bottleneck, and then you usually hear us say, we have to run to keep pace. Don't, you don't have to, but we are behind pace. You know, at certain points, other than that, we are usually walking. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, we had discussed earlier the choke points. Uh, 
coming from uh, Hollywood Studios over to the boardwalk, mm-hmm. big time choke point. And it, you can get behind there, I'm sure. How do you train for this? I train with the Galloway Group locally. Um, and this year is actually the last two years is my, I'm only walking. I am not running at all anymore. So I do speed work during the week. I do what Galloway recommends, Tuesday and Thursday speed work. And then I get my long miles in on Saturdays. Right, right, right. Typical Galloway training plan. So, so I run typically after kids has been a little bit rougher than before kids. <laughs> I typically try to run twice a week, um, usually on Thursday mornings and Saturday mornings with my group. And then I um, I got a Peloton a couple of years ago. So I try to get a, a couple of rides in during the week at night, like after the kids go to bed and everybody else is down. Um, just to get some cross training in, but usually I'll do longer miles on Saturday and, and like Molly, we just keep it up all year. No matter if we have a specific race we're training for, we know Disney's coming up, like we're we're out there every Saturday doing some sort of mileage. So I'm so glad that you mentioned the, the Galloway training program, but I also want to backtrack a little bit to the bike pacers as well too. And my question relates to when you really think about it, there's a lot going on in the back of the pack. You have you fine ladies, you have the run Disney bike pacers, and then you also have the Galloway 16 minute pace group. So whether for the half, that's the three thirty, or for the marathon, you know, the, the seven, you know, seven hour limit there. Obviously each one of you are separate entities. Could you describe and explain to our listeners the the purpose and the responsibilities that each one of those groups has because someone very well might see okay they see the the 330 or the seven hour pacer go by maybe thinking that that's you all when in theory maybe it's not so could you just you know differentiate all those different groups for our listeners please so the galloway pacers do intervals so they usually will start at the further ahead in the corral than we do. And they key, they do intervals, usually 30, 30s, 20, 30s, something like that. Uh, we try to push them and play games with them. So they stay in front of us because we don't like being too close to them. Um, we tend to stress their groups out, but we do play Marco Polo a lot lately. That's fun. Um, the Disney bikers, we have a couple different sets of them. We do have two of them that are typically the flaggers. Those are the ones that bike to every mile so that we know if we are on pace and then they can flag as soon as we're at the 16 minute pace. There are other bikers that are kind of floaters that will go in between and kind of keep people up to speed, check on people if they're injured, see what's going on. They have a couple that do bathrooms. They have a couple that do the the character stops. And then we've got the medics around as well. So everybody has their own job to do. We are just the visuals for everybody to know where that end is. I know there's more than uh, the two that you're on on this call right now, but do you guys do like all the races? So like, are you doing the 10K, the half, the, the marathon, or do you guys pick and choose what races you guys do? So we currently have five balloon ladies. And we rotate throughout the races. We kind of have a pecking order in a way is the way I like to say it. 
those of us that have been around and then we have a couple newer people. Um, um, uh, Kathleen's the only crazy one who continues to always want the marathon. Um, <laughs> I am training for the marathon this year as well. And one of our newer balloon ladies, Heather, is also training for the marathon. Other than that, the 10Ks, the halves, the challenges, it depends on the race. Nancy is not a big fan of princess, so she doesn't like to do princess at all. Um, and it just depends on who's available. If we have something going on, um, like this year, Connie is actually doing dopey. So her and Nancy are, I think they're pay, they might be pacing a couple of the races, like the 10K and half maybe. I can't remember. So, um, so we kind of pick and choose. Yeah, for me, it's hard. And with the two kids now, and, and Molly has two kids too, but um, to do the back-to-back -back races is hard. Because again, everybody knows you got to wake up at the 2.30 in the morning to get down, to make the drive down I-4, because I don't, I don't spend the night down there. So to get there, to be in place and make sure you don't have any issues. Because I have hit traffic issues a couple times getting there. Um, but I did do the princess back-to-back, -back, the 10K, the half. That, that was great. I had a great time doing it this year, but I, I like doing the full. I like doing the one day. Um, and I really enjoy that. You can't see it behind Kathleen, but she's saying this and there's probably like 45, 50 medals right. <laughs> pictures behind her. My husband made fun of me because I was trying to figure out where I was going to do this because he's getting the kids down and everything for bed. And I said, well, I'll do it this way. And I'll finish my medals because I'm very proud of them. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Very nice. Good job. Very nice. Yeah. For all of the races that I've done around Disney, I've been ahead of the balloon ladies. So I haven't really, there's only one race that I got close enough to you guys that I was like, oh, I got to step it up. Um, but for our listeners who are worried about their pace, I know I'm kind of worried about my pace for the marathon. Um, what's the process that happens in the back of the pack? Like, you know, you guys pass, um, you're maintaining the 16 minute mile. What happens next? So we keep a general pace, the, the 16 minute pace. And, and Disney has um, pretty much established, but it changes. It can change from race to race, um, pick up points. So we keep the pace, we keep the pace. And then at certain points of the race, Disney decides that's, that's where they're going to cut off to kind of keep, keep things going so they can start opening the park back up. Um, so really, we don't get too involved with that side of things. Our responsibility is just to stay on that 16-minute pace um, and, and try to get as many people, at least our perspective, is to get as many people through there, encouraging them, kind of cheering them along to keep going through um, so they don't get picked up. Not sure if that answers your question or not. We're always going to tell you go until you until Disney tells you otherwise. Unless you are truly injured, if you truly have something going on, but like Kathleen said, a lot of this is mental. If we can get you through a mental spot and, you know, everybody hits a wall at a different point. So, we just tell you keep going until Disney tells you otherwise or until you see those motorcycles. And those police, you just keep going. <laughs> right, right. 
Very good. It sounds like you guys know some of the places that you can no longer be swept by, too. So I feel like that's if you do meet the balloon ladies, they may be able to sort of kind of get you through that to that point. Um, I know nothing's a guarantee, but um, that might be a that's a nice advantage. <laughs> so let's let's is that there are points in the race and I don't know if you know them or not. And I'm not even sure I'm saying this. I assume there are points in the race where you, you're you're not going to get swept anymore. Is that correct or no? So, so like we tell everybody in the race and in the back of the pack, you are not safe until you cross the finish line. No, that's right. good advice. That's good advice. Because, yeah. Because, because I have seen this where you finally get to Epcot and everybody's like, Oh, let me get my beer. Let me get my drink and let me do all the things I want to do. But if you take your time, you fall behind, you know, at a certain point, Disney is going to say we're done. You know, oh, okay. yeah. we don't, yeah. we don't know that point. That's so good. We just we just encourage people to keep moving and just keep I, moving. Thank you. That's a great answer. Thanks. So my question was, um, if you fall behind the balloon ladies, you can still finish the race. And I think you you kind of answered that question um, that if you to keep moving. F- yeah. If you keep moving forward, you can still finish. Yeah. If you're moving on your own accord at a good pace. You're not stopping and getting your beer and you're not, you know, stopping for a five minute bathroom break. If you are moving and you're not injured, you know, if you're crawling or, you know, you have a boot on or a walker or whatever you have, there could be a point where Disney, we have seen it. They bring golf carts in yes. and they mm-hmm. pick people up at the very end. Yes. So. I, I rode a golf cart, but <laughs> I was injured. I, I, well, we shared this story. I'd had my knee replaced. I knew I wasn't going to finish. And I got to that point and I said, that's it. I'm done. And Disney was great. I mean, the golf cart was there in like 30 seconds and that was it. But I said, that's a different thing, kids. That's, yeah, that's a different thing than what we're talking about here than than sweepers and, and not keeping up to the minimum time. And that's another thing Disney is pretty good about. And we try to flag people if, you know, we're chatting with somebody and they're they're just not doing okay we'll flag one of the medics down and let them know or flag one of the bike people and they'll get a medic in there right away. Yeah, they were all over it. So on the same sort of vein, if you start in front of the balloon ladies, let's say a couple corrals in front, you you're you don't really have to keep a 16 minute per mile pace to finish the race either. You should aim for it, but you might have a buffer of 20 minutes or something like that. Is there a way yeah. to find out when you guys cross the starting lines or um, it's like tracking a balloon lady kind of frowned upon. I think people track us all the time. They do. They do. <laughs> they they yeah, all know bib... Molly's name. <laughs> yeah. And your bib number gets circulated online. Right. right. And unless it's a security threat or there is uh, heightened issues going on, everybody would be able to find us somehow, some way. And I don't know. I never put my bib number out there, but everybody seems to track it. Yeah, they do. <laughs> But again, I can tell you from experience, Allie, that the other thing that happens is the Disney cyclists will tell you where the balloon ladies are. And so they may tell you the balloon ladies are four minutes behind you. All right. And I can look at the race and go, okay, I've got four miles to go and I got a four minute buffer. So if I walk 17 minute miles for the next four miles, I'm going to finish at approximately the same time they do. So there is information being disseminated at the back of the pack. And Bob, thank God you are so good at math because I remember that was the exact situation you and I had 
during the half marathon last year because, you know, what does Galloway say when you're doing goofy or dopey? Walk the half. Walk the half. And this was my, you know, I think I was in Stark Group 5 or something like that. And I remember, we. I think the only place we stopped for a picture was Cinderella's Castle. Yeah. And it was my first ever experience with the bike pacers. Now, thankfully, I never saw you fine ladies, but, you know, it was my first experience hearing that. And I remember the first time they said something, I got a little nervous. And then thankfully, Bob was there with me, being the statistician that he is, to be like, Greg, as long as we keep doing what we're doing, and I know we can do it, we're fine. And as soon as he said that, then that's when my nerves you know, chilled and I was able to enjoy the rest of the, the half. And I was with you guys walking with you. And that's when I was futzing. I started futzing with my shoe and like some moleskin. And that's when I had the extreme pleasure of meeting the balloon ladies. And they are the sweetest people that I've ever met around Disney. So I I knew that they needed to come on the podcast to show everybody that there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. You are, you actually are uh, <laughs> a pleasure to meet. <laughs> well, I will tell you one recommendation I would have for folks. Um, if they're, tra- you know, you're training, you're training, you're keeping the 16 minute pace. When you get in your corral, when you get there at three in the morning, get as far in front of the corral as possible. Um, cause get that buffer. Folks are hang- yeah, yeah. The, the folks are hanging out in the back. I want to be in the dead last star. <laughs> get up to the front <laughs> of the crowd to give yourself as much of a buffer time as possible. Because then folks yell at us and they say, well, when are you going to the bathroom? You know, does that include bathroom breaks? And, and I always joke, we don't go to the bathroom. <laughs> we go <laughs> to the bathroom all the time. <laughs> That's part of balloon lady training. No yeah. bathrooms. <laughs> but you have to practice. Another thing to practice. Go to the bathroom when you're sweaty and you have to figure out putting your pants back on. <laughs> no, that's a good That's a good point. It's the that's new the kind of training. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's real. I told you guys before we started recording that I'm absolutely fascinated by you guys. When I first heard Balloon Ladies, like when I first started doing the races, I thought you guys were legitimately a myth. I thought I didn't know that that was an actual thing because I, I I haven't seen it. When I first saw you guys before, I was on the monorail and I had a friend go over and show me the balloon ladies are here. I'm like, oh my god, they're real! And I went up to the window <laughs> of the monorail. I started freaking out. I mean, you guys were a distance, obviously, because I was on the monorail, but I was so shocked that it was real. I wanted to get a picture. I was so it was awesome. And then um, this past. January, I was actually injured, so I didn't run the marathon. But Molly, now that I think about it, I think I've actually seen you before. So I don't remember what mile marker this is, but I know it's a few miles before the finish line, and it's over by Coronado. Since I wasn't able to, it was like twenty-two or yeah, between twenty-one and twenty-two is where we were. And I was cheering uh, the race with Lexi, and uh, it was so awesome to see all these runners and then i finally saw you guys up close and personal my jaw just dropped and i was like whoa they're real again and (laughs) but like what i found the most coolest thing is how encouraging you guys were for like 
all the runners and you guys even gave a heads up because I knew, I think we were close to a mile marker because you guys gave a heads up. Hey, you guys, just a heads up. We're all going to be, um, the mile marker is coming around. So please make sure you are in front of us. And you guys were so nice and you were encouraging all the runners around you. And I thought that was so cool. So my question for you is, is what is the most memorable story you've had with a runner on the course, whether it be a half marathon, marathon, or any other kind of distance? Yeah, honestly, I, I can't say that there's one in particular. Um, a lot of times, especially, you know, when you get the miles 18 to 25 and folks are just struggling. And and I do remember there was this one lady at the marathon and I remember chatting it up with her and she was kind of chatting it up with us and kind of asking a bunch of questions. And, and I remember saying to her, you know, well, how, how long is the furthest you've gone? Oh, I, I run or I walk six miles every day. I was like, hey, you never oh. trained for this? Oh, no. <laughs> and I mean, that's a whole other oh, conversation no. we could have about training. But, um, sure is. We can touch on that. But honest to God, she finished. I remember there's certain people like you meet along the way and then you're like, I wonder if they finish and you see them cross the finish. You're like, and yeah, yeah. Awesome. it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. She was probably she was a grandmother. Though. Yeah. There was, she was a grandmother. She had her grandkids. You know, she's telling me all about Aww. her grandkids. She saw them at the finish line. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. We meet so many people. We have so many stories. And now after, you know, 15 years, we have, tons of stories from tons of people. And I, we were talking earlier about um, going through uh, ESPN and doing like the track and stuff like that. I think it was, this is like my, my PTSD. I, I dread it every time because I believe it was the first dopey during the marathon. We had an older gentleman had braces on his knees, Ooh. going around, and I don't know what happened, but I ended up cutting in front of him, and he tripped, and he fell. <gasps> oh, it was just horrible for me, but we knew who the medics were. We were able to get them out. They got him taped up. I had him staged ahead of time. They got him taped up, and he ended up finishing. Thank uh, God. There you go. Wow. Um, but we, you know, that's one of the, oh my God stories, but it's all these fun people that we meet the the cancer yeah. survivors and the yeah. pregnant women and the, you know, just coming out to do something for someone else, even not even for them, you yeah. know, they're, they're supporting someone else or the team and training people, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's always so great to meet everybody that's back with us because they've all got stories. Yeah, it's a wonderful community. If it's okay, I'm going to ask just my, uh, a really quick question. It's a myth buster. And I don't know, I believe a lot of things in life. It, <laughs> so I hope this is real because this will bring such a huge smile to my face. So this is a myth I don't, someone told me. Is it true that you will say a joke every mile? Like a mom joke or a dad joke. That's what someone told me. And I feel like right now they lied to me because you guys are, I'm not sure. I can't tell by the expression. <laughs> I think that's awesome regardless of it. 
I can talk for seven hours. It's highly possible I'm telling jokes. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we, we tell a lot of funny stories. And, and like I said, we, we banter back and forth. Um, my kids tell me jokes all the time. So I'll, I'll try one out on the group. And it, it, sometimes it's hard because people get quiet the longer miles you go. And, and, and nobody's really laughing at you. But you look back and you see smirks on folks' faces. And you know they're listening. And they're just trying to get through it just like you are you know and we play games i mean games make it fun too what kind of game um who has a bigger butt than you catch up to (laughs) (laughs) that's always a fun game um what else do we play oh the uh the kids cancer group had the the pink flowers for princess a few years ago and everybody was wearing them, and then they started falling off. So then we played oh, run yeah. to the next flower. Who can find the <laughs> flower? And so we played the flower game for a while. Um, we do play Marco Polo with the 330 pacers and the seven-hour pacers for Galloway. Um, what else? We play songs. If you don't want to hear me sing, you better get running. <laughs> <laughs> We've tried a variation of that on the podcast. Yeah, we do all Here's kinds back. of fun stuff. You guys have so much fun. Jack, in true Mythbusters fashion, we're going to call that joke a mile plausible. Remember? (laughs) Confirmed, busted, and plausible. So we're going to call that one plausible. It sounds like you guys have the party where you are. So I kind of want to run a race pacing with you guys. (laughs) Well, you can do it. Okay. Well, I mean, we always say that run Disney is the mullet. It's business in the front and the party in the back. That's right. That's right. (laughs) It's always fun to see like the fast people because they're, you know, they're going by us when we're on mile one and and they're all waving (laughs) to us too. So it feels good when they're out there too. Okay. So this just was like an epiphany all of a sudden. So now I really have to ask this. I'm so, I'm so fascinated. Has anybody ever dressed up as you guys with the balloons in the back? Ah. And if they have, yeah, I was wondering. They told to take it off. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, some people have. <laughs> that's yeah, a great we, question. And that started probably five or six years ago, I think. A few people because we were consistently having the same balloons, mm-hmm. and somebody got one from the park the day before, and they brought it. And Disney, and they even had a, like a fake 16 minute pacer bib on. Yeah. And Disney oh saw it because people in the corrals were just not happy. <laughs> but they will, Disney will, when they cross the start line, they will ask them for their balloons and that they will get them one after the race. Wow. It's like you don't want to talk about Bruno all again. <laughs> yeah, we saw that on, I think, the half last year because a lot of people are dressed as up. So they had the balloons yeah. hanging from them. Yeah. Usually that's a cluster of balloons. So it's a little bit different. Ladies, quick question for you. You know, Speaking of the physical balloon itself, um, I know I have heard countless stories of, you know, people who buy the, you know, the massive balloons in the park, you know, early on in their trip. And then they pass it along to another little kid on their last day, you know, to brighten up their day because, who really wants to check that through TSA, you know, coming home and everything like that. What do you do with your balloons after you cross the finish line? I usually give them to my kids because my kids have to suffer with me not being home so much. So that's just a little treat that they get. 
Yeah, my daughter gets mine every time. No, they need to go on eBay. Five hundred yeah. bucks, eBay. Yeah. Collector's well, item. Yes, star balloons. Absolutely, we used only, to get a big money offers on those. Only used once. I told a story last week about something going on eBay from Disney. Yeah, they need. To, no, I'm joking, of course. <laughs> so, Molly and Kathleen, I'm wondering what your um, favorite Disney races are. For me, I would say the Disney Full Marathon because uh, I think that is a that's a real test of of endurance. And seeing people cross that finish line when for a lot of folks, it's their first marathon ever um, to see folks in the sense of accomplishment that they have when they're done. I like each race for a specific reason, whether it's the theme, you know, when we used to have wine and dine at night, that was really cool because we never ran at night until we started having all the, the rain issues. I'm I'm going to say the marathon is not always my favorite one other than seeing people at the end just because it's such a hard race. But princess is fun because everybody's girly and they're dressed up and and that and I love seeing the men on those races come dressed as frogs. Kiss me, I'll be friends. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> good. I'm doing my first princess this year. Great oh, idea. There Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> But they're all fun for a different reason. Yeah, they are. They are. We we agree. Okay, maybe one last question. How does someone become a balloon lady? So pretty much one of us has to die or win the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I like it. I like or win it. the lottery. <laughs> I like it. So that's the only way there's going to be a vacancy, huh? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I hope you are there for many, many, many more Run Disney events. And uh, we have been looking forward to this for weeks. Hopefully, we dispelled some myths. Hopefully, we got people to realize that the balloon ladies are your friend. And and I say this seriously now, and they are a, a tremendous help to us, run to we Run Disney runners really really helpful especially if you're out there at the back of the pack somebody's there to help you along and to show you you got to be up to here and it's just it's quite a service and a lot of dedication on your part and really very admirable so thank you for what you do thank you for spending time with us and uh, we're going to look for you at our next events but we're going to look for you before the event starts and then maybe hopefully we won't see you again after that that's a good good decision. Before and after the race is the best time to see us. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, that was a really good interview. So uh, hopefully people realize the balloon ladies aren't there to tag you out, kick you off the course. They're actually there to be your biggest cheerleader and support you through the race. So guys, don't fear the balloon ladies. No, don't fear the balloon ladies. They're nice ladies. Hey, let's take a quick look at what's coming up. Uh, next week, we're going to be discussing raising money for charities. If you've got a charity bib and maybe you're a little behind in your fundraising, you may want to give a listen to that. Uh, coming up, we are going to be talking with other podcasters and podcasts we listen to. Hey, once you've listened to the latest Rise and Run two or three times, it's okay with us. If you go ahead and listen to somebody else, we do. <laughs> uh, yeah, two or three times enough, right? 
Uh, some of the folks on Facebook have said, oh, shucks, I missed the opportunity to get my shirt. Are there going to be other merchandise opportunities? The short answer to that question is yes. The long answer is yes. <laughs> but we're not sure exactly what they're going to be or when they're, when they're going to be. But we, I promise you, we are working on that. We, uh, we have some ideas we're kicking around. And just as soon as we can, we'll get that information out to you. And with that, it's time for the race report. Now, I've mentioned this before. I'll mention it again. This race report is getting really long, which is just fantastic. I love the interaction. I love you guys uh, telling us what events you're going to be doing. And I promise I do my very, very best to look for your reports after you finish the race. I've got several places to look, though. I've got the Rise and Run podcast page, the RDMT page, the First Timers page, Instagram. <laughs> they tend to be all over. I really hope I haven't missed anybody. But having said that, I know I missed somebody last week because Vicky reported that last weekend she finished the Fox Valley Half Marathon in St. Charles, Illinois, finishing second in her age group, eighth among all the women, and 36th overall. So I hate to miss anybody. I probably am not going to make a habit of going back and catching up on old weeks, but I wanted to do that, at least in this case. Another event, I'm not sure which day, but Heather finished her first ever run Disney event, and that would be the Castaway K run. So Heather, I hope you enjoyed your cruise, and I'm glad you got a chance to do that. I'm glad to see that they are, in fact, still giving out the Castaway K medals. Okay, and Having said that I'm not going to do this all the time, here's another one I think I'm catching up on. Uh, folks, you got so many here, I'm getting lost. But our friend Laura in the Netherlands says that she forgot to mention she ran a 5K last Sunday. She's going to spare me the name of the race because she knows how I butcher the pronunciations of the Dutch words. Uh, small field, she didn't do run, walk, run. Not a lot of run, walk, run in Europe. I think it's catching on in England some but throughout the, the rest of the continent there, not so much, especially with small fields. So Laura ran this one straight through. First, uh, first 5K, I think, after having Walt, who is now seven months old. She finished it a minute faster than her magic mile predicted. So good for her. Last one was back in July. All right. I think I'm caught up. Let's move on with last weekend. We didn't have anybody on our list for finishing Berlin, but our friend Amy did. Our friend Amy put some photos up. Well, she put a photo up of having finished Berlin. Nice photo of the medal, but even better photo of the big smile on your face. Amy, congratulations for that. Christina at Colebrook, Connecticut, the Hogsback Half Marathon. Her first half marathon since uh, Walt Disney Marathon Weekend earlier this year. PR for Christina, even with the crazy uphill final mile. Todd, great run at the Adirondack Distance Festival, a 10K in New York. First in his age group, fourth overall. Way to go, Todd. That's smoking, buddy. Good job. 
the Newport Liberty Half Marathon in Jersey City, New Jersey. Brianna was there. Brianna was on the spotlight not too long ago. She had lots of good things to say about the race. Great course, great scenery, well-supported. And another PR. Golly, what's your secret, guys? I need to know about this. Three-minute PR. She's getting that half marathon time down to close to 215. Brianna wants us to know that the training plan works, folks. Just because you're doing your long runs at a slower pace come race day, that's just more, more fuel in the tank for you. And the training plan does work. Good job, Brianna. Kristen ran the Lake Norman 15K in Charlotte, North Carolina. Kristen, if you send us a note on that, I missed it. I'm sorry. Montreal, Canada, the Montreal 10K, a beautiful day. Lauren ran the 10K, took the 10K easy because she ran Sunday also. So we'll get to Lauren on Sunday. Our friend Margaret in Central Florida in Kissimmee ran the Margaritaville um, yeah, that's right. Margaritaville run 5K because it's 5K somewhere. You see what they did there with that? It's 5Ks and not 5 Anyway, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Tracy was there. Tracy and Yuyi were there also. Tracy and Margaret got a chance to meet up. I love hearing about it when you guys meet up. That's terrific. Uh, got, saw great photos. Thank you for those. Margaret, of course, in costume as always. And I believe we got a photo of Tracy and Margaret together. That's, that's awesome. Nice medal for that one. I think Margaret comes back tomorrow also on a race. Let's see. As we move on, continuing still on Saturday, the On the Run Half Marathon in Old Orchard, Maine. Heather. Heather's in the wheelchair division. I know Heather did back-to-back. She did a half on Saturday and a half again on Sunday. So we'll catch up with Heather in just a few minutes. Uh, In Harbor, Wisconsin, Carolyn told us she was running the 5K Bailey's run. I don't have anything on that, nor did I hear from Lizzie who did the Florida State Family Weekend 5K. Our friend Leslie out in Colorado, Leslie was on the spotlight not terribly long ago. She finished, I'm calling it the mystery 10K. It's a 10K she did somewhere not around her home. That's great. She finished with a very good time. Glad to see that. And she's using Rice Krispie Treats as a fuel for pre-race. I like Rice Krispie treats. They're good and they're easy to carry because they're individually packaged. And you can write little motivational notes on them for yourself before you get going. Finally, last one I have on Saturday is the, and this was a virtual, the Virtual Childhood Cancer Awareness Half. Monica reported that she did that one. So that wraps up Saturday. Let's see what we got for Sunday. And let's start Sunday way up north, north to Alaska. We're going, no, I'm, well, I get in trouble for singing on here. Greg edits that out all the time. But anyway, <laughs> we're back in Alaska. This is our second visit. Uh, no bears this time, I don't think. But we are here with a longtime friend of the podcast with Britt. Britt, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you all? Oh, we're we're doing great, and we are happy that you're here with us. So, uh, let's see. It's late September. How cold is it in the Fairbanks area right now? Um, it did get down to about 31 last night. So I was That's chilly. anticipating some snow, but woke up to just some frost on the ground. <laughs> yeah, this is just the beginning of fall. Uh, you got, well, how long have you been up there? 
So I got up here October of 2019. Um, okay. There was already snow on the ground by the time. Oh, I got wow. So um, we're anticipating snowfall next week. Um, yeah. So we are, we are past fall and heading into winter already. Yeah. I remember, I remember I got to Alaska in 1976, um, right around Memorial day, right at the end of May. Yeah. We had four or five inches of snow. (laughs) So yeah, no surprises there. Uh, now you're not going to be there a whole lot longer, are you? I'm not. I have, um, less than three weeks now before I start my drive to Orlando. And yeah, it, you talk about from the sublime to the ridiculous. You're going from Fairbanks, you're going to Orlando. Exactly. One extreme yeah, it, to the other. Yeah, it'll be warmer. Yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled. <laughs> I might, yeah, you're excited about that, right? I can't wait. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, listen, you did something unique this weekend on Sunday, this last weekend. You did the Norwegian Ruck March. So. Let me start with this question. Why Norwegian? What, how did that happen? So um, it's a foreign badge that both the Army and civilians can earn by, by completing this rock march. Um, it was started in 1915 by the Norwegian Army. And the goal of it was to be able to train the Norwegian Army to be able to pick up and move long distances, um, a big group of people over a long distance in a short amount of time. So a 11-kilogram ruck, which uh-huh. is about 25 pounds, and um, 18.6 miles to complete it. Okay. Okay. And you said it was uh, military and civilian. It, they have guidelines for both military and civilian. I, I think I only saw a couple civilians in it this time, but um, mm-hmm. this, this was my second go around. The first time we also had a few civilians give it a shot. So 25, 25 pounds in your ruck, uh, your active duty. I saw you were full BDUs, right? Correct. Yep. Um, and, uh, what was the terrain like? I know it can get pretty rough up there around Fort Wainwright. So it actually wasn't bad. We started around 7am. It was low forties, which felt really cold in the beginning, but I was, you know, very quickly thankful that it was that chilly as we all started sweating, uh, pretty quickly. The sun came up about an hour later. Um, and I mean, we were on paved roads for the majority of it. It was fairly flat. I think my watch was only about a 10 foot incline. So all in all, it was a really, really great, um, really, really great course. Britt, you'll have to ignore my ignorance when, when it comes to these types of things as it relates to the armed services. But with your participation in an event like this, does this then provide any special, I don't want to say special treatment, but like a, an extra level of rank or like does it get you out of like you know basic training you know for two (laughs) weeks or something like that you know is what benefit do you get from participating in this event as it relates to your military career so we we do a lot of these things for for bling on the uniform right so okay this this, um a different kind of bling right so the first time you complete the ruck march you get a bronze badge and um as you complete more and more of them you get the silver badge. And then eventually after you complete five of them, you get a gold badge. And it's more or less a foreign award that we get to wear on our dress uniform. Oh, no, I did not awesome. realize that. That's cool. So you, you can wear it on your dress uniform you, and for the rest of the time you're in the service, not just in Alaska. Yep, oh, that's, right. that's, that's cool. That's neat. Yeah. 
I, I never, I never got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and they complete these all around the world. It's um, any time of the year. There, there's pr some pretty specific requirements on how you know it can't be colder than a certain temperature. It can't be hotter than a certain temperature. Um, but these are going on all over the place. So there's there's a lot of us that have it. That, that's great. That's really neat. Uh, any any other services represented there? I know the Air Force isn't too far away. Anybody from the Air Force there? I didn't see any of the Air Force this go around. Uh, the first time I did, we had some people from the Navy and then also some people from the Air Force. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know where the Navy guys would have come in from. Uh, I don't know. Close <laughs> so this by. Was, I, I mean... completed this uh, back in the lower 48 about seven or eight oh. years ago. Oh, in a different very place. Very cool. Good for you. I'm just curious, Britt, how much longer are you going to, are you planning to get out of the service when you get to Orlando or? So the army does a internship program called the career, career skills program. Yeah. Career skills program. So for your last six months of active duty, you basically can intern somewhere for free. So I was able to secure a, I'm a CrossFit coach. So I um, was able to secure a CrossFit internship at Mousetrap CrossFit, which is right there in Orlando. So I'm going to get to do something that generally doesn't pay very much while still getting paid as an active duty captain. Um, which is, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Nice. And then, um, come next May, I'll have to come back up here and out process, but um, okay. transitioning into the reserves after that to finish out. Oh, very, very good. Good, good decision on your part to bank I that reserve yet, time. So yeah. I can't, I can't get out yet. <laughs> no, that's great. That's awesome. Didn't have that program a long time ago, but that's, that's terrific. I'm glad that they do. Um, hey, let's turn it back to running a little bit. Uh, run Disney. When's your next Run Disney event? So I will be at Wine and Dine with my sister for our, it'll be her first Run Disney race and my second half marathon. It's exciting. We And you're, we're getting close. We're what, five weeks away from Wine and Dine now. Uh, it's getting exciting. I remember my first, I remember how excited I was for the first one. So I'm sure you said it was your sister who's going to be the first one. It's my sister's first, yes. Yeah. So we'll be we'll be dapper Dianas, I think, is what we decided on. Oh, very cool, very cool. Well, we look forward to seeing you there. You got any others on the uh, horizon after that? So uh, in December, we will both again be running the T minus ten miler, the Space Force T minus ten miler down there in Florida as well, and then. Completing the marathon, my second marathon next January at Disney. Just the marathon? Just the marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Well, 5K also uh, in, in the marathon for Mitsu. But yeah, the whole gang will be there in uh, January. And everybody except Lexi will be there in November. Okay, so we'll be looking for you. That's Great. So, Brad, you posted some awesome photos on uh, the Facebook page. So, thank you for doing that. But I have to ask: Has that blister of yours healed yet? Uh, good question. I, to be completely honest, haven't put socks on since that. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I have one on my heel that is just a menace, and I can't get it to to heal. So, I'm um, I'm trying to let it air out. But no, to answer your question, it has not healed yet. Not hasn't yet. Huh? Well, it. Well, you know it will. Well, Britt, thanks for spending the time with us. Stay warm. You don't have too much longer. For when people say that, it'll take on an entirely different meaning. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to seeing you at Wine and Dine and then in January. 
Can't wait to get down there. The Fort Smith Half Marathon in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Fort Smith, Arkansas. I was going to say it can only mean one thing, but it actually means a couple here. We had two folks running it. Aaron ran this. And, of course, Fort Smith, Arkansas. We know Joe had to be involved in that. It was half marathon number 52 for Joe. Nice going, buddy. Said uh, tough hills, tough heat, but still a very solid time for him. And I did look at his time, and it was good. He's getting ready to run the marathon in January. Uh, Number three in his age group for Joe. In Powell, Ohio. Sandy ran the Big Bad Wolf 10-miler. Nice title. Sandy said she was nervous, but she finished. Well, that's all that matters, Sandy. Good job. She's working for Wine and Dine. We'll see her in November. Looking forward to that. In my neck of the woods, the Fort DeSoto 10K in St. Petersburg, Florida. Dawn's got that on her list. Didn't see a note from Dawn, but I hope she had a great time. The race to slow the pace 5k at Bokish Vineyards. Now I'm probably butchering that Bokish Vineyards in Lockford, California. I'm pretty sure I got California, right? I'm not sure about the rest of them. Uh, Amber, Amber ran that. Amber said it was a great race to preserve the farmland. Amber says it was a great race to preserve the farmlands and they served wine and paella afterwards. So again, once again, that can't be all bad, right? Okay, let's move to Crested Butte, Colorado. Emma Coburn's Elk Run 5K. Ashley ran that one. Rochester, New York. Brian and Karen. Brian and Karen, I think, were with us just last week. It was a half marathon. Karen Piard uh, had a great character photo on the course. Stop for a character photo shot with her son. Yeah, yeah, come on. You can't get any better than that. And Brian. Brian had a six-minute PR. He's got a great POT, but I anguish at his result. Two hours, zero minutes, and one second. Oh, I know. That's a great run, Brian. That's a great run, and I hope you're proud of it. You should be. But I know... How much 159.59 feels better than 20001? You'll get it, buddy. You will get it. You're not alone. A lot of people are battling for that two-hour half, and it's in your future, I promise. Uh, The Chicago Half Marathon. Kelly. Kelly tells us, and we've been telling you this too, we know that it's true, that the hot, humid summer training leads to fall PRs, and by golly, she PR'd by 10 minutes in Chicago. Great job, Kelly. She had brunch to celebrate, and you had reason to celebrate. Well done. Uh, the Montreal Half Marathon, we had a couple folks there. Lauren. Lauren did a sub-two-hour half. It's not a PR for her, but it's her best time since recovering from an injury. That's a significant milestone. Great great job, Lauren. Uh, Gary PR'd. Uh, it was his best run. Well, it's a PR, so it was his best run. Since uh, recovering from a heart attack in 2018, really glad to see that, Gary. And Gary's wife, Susan, finished also. Good run. Sent us some nice photos. Kind of a cloudy day on Sunday. Uh, I think it was pretty on Saturday and a little cloudy on Sunday. But nice job. Yeah, because Lauren did the 10K earlier, didn't she? Yeah, she did. So, heck, that's pretty good, Lauren. Sub two hours after doing a 10K the day before. Nice job. Back to Margaret, and I know Margaret ran on Saturday. 
She's back on Sunday with the Cancer Superhero 10K in Celebration, Florida, over there by Disney World. She was dressed as one of the Incredibles, looking good, made a great report for us on Facebook, said it was kind of an emotional event, especially they had photos up of some of the victims of the cancer. The run is to support families battling ovarian and pediatric cancer. So nice job, Margaret. In Brunswick, Maine. The Flightline Half Marathon. We had a bunch of double-ups this weekend. Here's Heather again. Heather in the wheelchair division, second race of the weekend. Sunday was much tougher. Well, I imagine it would be. She was tired, of course, from the half marathon the day before and said this course was hilly. Now, it's labeled the Flightline Half Marathon. I've spent some time on flight lines. They're not typically hilly, but I'm sure this one was. She said the podcast helped pull her through. That makes us feel good, Heather. Uh, we appreciate you listening, especially during an event like that. And we look forward to talking to you sometime in the future. Caitlin, Caitlin in the same event ran a 5k, got some nice photos. It was a beautiful, cool day. And, uh, we appreciate both of you for doing those and reporting back to us in Keene, New Hampshire, still up in new England, Donnie, great run for Donnie in the Clarence DeMar half marathon. Another sub two hour finish there. Way to go, Donnie. Man, we got some quick people out there. That's nice. Hillsboro, Oregon, the same Sam Day, not same day, Sam Day, that's a person's name. Sam Day Challenge 5K. Perfect early fall weather for a 5K and a new PR for Sarah. Golly, PRs are falling. See all that hot weather training, just like Kelly said earlier, all that hot weather training is paying off for you guys. I love it. Uh, the same day was a fundraiser for childhood cancers. Vanessa ran that one also. I didn't hear from Vanessa, but I'm sure she did a great job. Let's see. Wrapping up here. We're getting close to the end. Uh, the Diamond 13K in Fresno, California. Karen, our buddy Karen ran that one. Karen set a PR. Well, there aren't a whole lot of 13Ks out there, so. <laughs> that's good. Karen also wanted to point out she was very proud of her niece who ran and finished second in her age group. Great job, Karen and your niece. Last one I've got on the list, the Bluegrass Half Marathon in Johnson City, Tennessee. Why is a Darius Rucker song all of a sudden stuck in my head? Thanks a lot, Stacy. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> this is Stacy's first half, first half marathon. Congratulations. Got some good photos. Of course, first half means a PR. And she said she ran with the Rise and Run podcast on also. That means a lot to us. We appreciate it. Long race report. I love it. I, You guys who are letting us know what you're doing out there, we just, we really appreciate it. Just makes us feel like a big family. Hey, John, speaking of a big family and hearing from our listeners, do we have any new reviews? Yeah, we got we got some good reviews in here. So uh, Heather Hearts Olives, love running, love run, loving love Disney. Love that love that name, by the way. I've always been a Disney lover, and recently signed up my husband and myself for our first Disney race, Marathon Weekend 2023, and started searching for a Disney or running podcast to listen to on runs. Imagine to my surprise to find the best of both worlds. I've learned so much from the team and guests, and I'm so impressed with the Rise and Run podcast. Oh, that's so nice. I'm glad we could be there for you, Heather. We always said we are the melting pot of podcasts, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. 
I like it. And I'm excited for you for your first Disney run. You will not forget it. You're going to love it. What else we got, John? Lexi Bug Dance. What? <laughs> Lexi Bug Dance is the name. Nice. Wait, we got some creative names tonight. That's cool. I, I want to know if it's a made-up name or if Bug Dance is your last name, because if Bug Dance is your last name, <laughs> I, it's just amazing. And I'm changing my name. <laughs> These are 100% my people. So hard to find a community that shares not one, but two of my obsessions. In a world that views Disney adults as a cult and runners as crazy, it's good to know that you all truly get me. Thank you. Thank you. You you, you nailed it. Heck yeah, we get you. You're one of us. That's, how, that's why we get you. Thank you for the review. Friendly, encouraging, and motivational. Soccer Chica 5. I love listening to the gang each week. Every episode is positive and they're tr- they are dedicated to making sure you are part of the group and conversation. They provide the extra motivation and encouragement I need. Sorry. They provide the extra motivation and encouragement I need in my long runs. I love that they also report their training runs so that you're so that you aren't alone in the long miles. Well, you're not alone. We're with you. Now I'm wondering, since so many people have been commenting that they're listening to us on our long runs, if we should just every 15 minutes stop and say something motivational to them, <laughs> like, you're doing great, or you look like you're not even sweating that much, or something. <laughs> you need some water. Grab grab a Rice Krispie treat. Yeah. You remind people <laughs> have a pop, to hydrate. Have a Pop-Tart. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't drop uh, your Pop-Tart. Pop, that's right. Have a Pop-Tart. Hey, friends, thanks. 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 Sincerely, thanks for being part of the community. Thanks for taking the time to submit reviews. They mean a lot to us, and we really appreciate it. And you mean a lot to us also, as I said last week. This, this The community is what it's all about. We love the interaction. Don't forget to send us some intros and maybe submit some of your own little race reports there too. And we just love hearing from you. Well, that's going to do it for another week. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope we dispelled some of the balloon lady myths and that maybe you'll even say hello to the balloon ladies if you'll see them. They're easy to recognize. They have balloons. So, so my friends, and if you run, you are our friends. Until we meet again, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer. 